What's going on? Welcome back to the Early Risers podcast. I'm your host, Skylar Deem, and I am an early riser. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I'd just like to welcome you. This show is all about helping you live a more effective life, and it's called the Early Risers podcast because that's what I believe an early riser to be. It's not just someone who wakes up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., but to me, someone who is an early riser is someone who wakes up earlier than they have to while also using that time for uninterrupted personal development. So you could be a night shift worker and you have to get up at 8 p.m., but if you get up at 7 p.m. and for that hour you create some sort of a routine that allows you to be better, you are technically an early riser. And at the same terms, if you wake up at 9 a.m. to get to work on time and you decide that at 8.30 a.m. you're going to wake up and do some sort of a routine that pushes you to be better, you are an early riser. So thank you for coming back to the show or coming for the first time. I'd just like to welcome you. I'm really, really excited for this episode of the podcast because I had on someone who, honestly, it was a little creepy how many similarities we have had in our own lives. Uh, so today's special guest is Chris Bello. Chris Bello is a dreamer, but more importantly, he is a doer. Like many entrepreneurial stories go, he went the traditional route of getting a college degree and landing a good corporate job. A few years in, Chris realized that he wanted more out of his life. He wanted financial freedom, but more importantly, he wanted time freedom. He put in his two weeks and he booked a month-long trip to Asia to figure things out. After returning and going through one side hustle failure to the next, Chris discovered real estate wholesaling where he has been consistently closing deals with five-figure profit margins monthly. In his free time, Chris enjoys exercising, podcasting, and traveling. Side note, Chris has an awesome podcast that I was a guest on, which you should definitely check out. Chris is also a strong believer of experiences over things, and he strives to live life to the fullest every single day. A testament to this lifestyle is the fact that he is both skydive and scuba certified. Chris is an awesome, awesome guy, and I loved our conversation. He shares some tips about productivity. He shares some tips about just moving forward and really making the most out of life, and I truly did enjoy this conversation with Chris. So if you're interested in connecting with Chris or learning more about what he does, you can check out his website or any of his social media accounts, which we will talk about in the episode, and I'll also include in the show notes. You can find the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode, or you can go to earlyrisersmovement.com erm60. But with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Reach out if you have any questions, and let's get into it. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing great, Skylar. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, man. I'm excited to have you here. Um, do you mind just starting us off with just a brief intro, just sharing about who you are, where you come from, and a little bit about what brought you here? Definitely. So my name's Chris. I was born in New York, but I've been raised in Texas my whole life. I went to college. I went the traditional route, studied supply chain management, got a job in oil and gas, and I thought it was my dream job. I got you know $8,000 signing bonus, more money than I had ever seen, and I thought that this was going to be the rest of my life. Uh, fast forward a few years in, a patent later, several failed ideas that I'm still working on, um, I've actually found my way into real estate wholesaling, which is what I'm currently doing, and I've left the corporate world behind. Awesome, man. And I wanted to bring you on the show just because we have so much in common. Um, we, yes. you know, we hopped on a phone call before this, and we were just catching up with each other. And it's crazy how many similarities in our own journeys we have, and like how similar of the stage we're at right now too, which is it's it's really incredible. Um, so I definitely want to dive into that today, just talking about like 
you know, some of the things that we have in common and, you know, what we learn from them and just get into like a bit of a discussion. And then of course I want to hear a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, so I guess like the first thing that comes up for me and the first thing that I related to was this big leap from your corporate job. Um, and I've had a podcast guest on in the past who's like my first guest who I went to school with and we were both accountants and we both, you know, we, we left our jobs as well. Um, so I guess like you see so many people in today's world who aren't happy at their job, but at the same time, don't really put in the effort or can't bring themselves to take the leap, um, which is actually a phrase you used on your le- website, which I really, really love. Um, so I guess like the first question is what inspired you to take the leap? That's a great question. And I've always been an action taker for some reason. I have so many friends that will be talking about, we should do this, we should do that. And then three months later, all those should have done, no one does anything. And I'm the only one who tends to try to stick to what I say that I do. So I'm actually trying to get around more people like you who stick to their word, who are committed. And so I just found myself, you know, unhappy with the status quo. I would see the little certificates on manager's wall saying 10 years of service. And I thought to myself, is this what I want to do? Is this where I want to be in 10, 20 years, a manager, a director, maybe getting paid six figures, but going through all this stress, having to report into other people, going to pointless meetings. I was dragged into these meetings where I'd spend an hour or two and I wasn't, I was very unclear about what the purpose or the outcome was for those meetings other than getting yelled at for not saving enough money or something like that. Um, The oil and gas industry is very volatile and we were in the middle of a downturn. And so I just thought, you know, I'm young. I have my whole life ahead of me. I don't have any children. If, if I'm going to take a risk, now's the time. And I decided to take the leap, which is a phrase that I love to use a lot because I am skydive certified and that, that kind of helps translate to literally facing your fears, going out to the end of that plane and just jumping out without an instructor tied onto your back. <laughs> mm. And I see the value of that, of course. Um, for you, like what what kind of came from that leap? Like, I definitely want to talk about more like what you went through right after that leap. Yeah. But in terms of like actually taking the leap, like, especially when it comes to skydiving, like you said, it's, it's such a cool comparison. Like what, what was the fall like? The fall. Wow. <laughs> I think this is what we actually talked about this when we had our call a few days ago where I, you know, I went to college, I had a good degree. I thought I was smart. I think I am smart, but I was overconfident. I had some significant savings at my age, 60,000 in the bank. I was like, okay, I got plenty of runway. What could go wrong? I'm surely going to figure this out sooner than later. The fall was a little longer than I expected. (laughs) Let's just say that free fall lasted quite some time. And I struggled with the first idea that I had. It's actually supplement organizer that a friend and I invented. We filed a patent on it and going the product route ended up being far more time consuming and expensive than I anticipated. So between my partner and I, we both put in about 40 grand. And so my savings just disappeared like that. And I didn't have much runway after that, you know, bills, mortgage, life, traveling, trying to fit the lifestyle that I had when I had a good job to now not having that source of income. And it was really a struggle at first, honestly. I, I wanted to look successful. I wanted to show people that I had the guts to, to take action on my dreams. But at the same time, I had to really be open about how I was not quite hitting those milestones that I saw for myself. 
And it was really kind of a humbling experience to realize that making your first dollar on your own or online is not as easy as just putting a website together. Like we talked about, you don't just build it and they will come. It does not work like that. Oh my gosh. You've got to focus on adding value. And that was not, I was focusing on making money. And because of that, I was not making it. Mm. Yeah. And that's a huge paradigm shift. And, you know, I appreciate you being for being so open and honest because so many people today are spreading like this false image on social media. Like just quit my job, hashtag entrepreneur killing $10, it. $10,000 in my first month. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's possible, but probably not for you. Like you probably right. can do it. And um, yeah, so I, I appreciate that. So one of the things I, I like about what you did and kind of like the similarities we have is one of your milestones was publishing a booklet. Um, so for me, I published the Snoo Stopper, which is sitting right there behind me if you're watching the video. Um, and for you, you published something called Flipping 101, was it? Yes, exactly. Mine just, yeah, because that's, that's a really big concept that I've used a little bit, but like I, I like the idea behind it and I, I want to know more. Like I'm very intrigued. Um, so you just, do you mind just kind of speaking on that booklet, like what flipping is, what the book it contains, and even just maybe even giving some tips on flipping? For sure. So when I first started figuring out the entrepreneurial path that I wanted to go down, I experimented with all sorts of side hustles and watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and other videos of entrepreneurs. And Gary V always talks about flipping, just wake up on a Saturday, you're bored, you're trying to make some extra money, go to some garage sales, go to some estate sales find some good items and do some price checking online before you even buy those items. And you're able to find discounts. People are literally moving across the country or they're uh, moving to another home in town and they're trying to get rid of all this stuff. And that's where you get to capitalize. You get to come in and find really good products at times. Like some random example, I just had a hunch. I saw an electric lawnmower. It was on sale for 40 bucks or something. I negotiated it. I just got it for 30. Had no idea what it would be worth fixed up. I just knew that it would be worth more than the 30 bucks. And within a week, I actually found a buyer for it at $120. Came to my house. He picked it up. Easiest money I had ever made. And you just rinse and repeat. The only downside is sometimes you might take a, you might take a guess on a certain product that you think can be more valuable than it is. And it ends up sitting in a back room of your house for three months and your girlfriend and everyone else, your roommate gets mad at you for <laughs> hogging up precious space. But essentially flipping items or like Gary Vee defines it is just finding items low, selling them high. It's also called arbitrage. Mm. So two questions. So number one, who would this be ideal for? And number two, um, is there a way to kind of increase the chances that what you're picking up is actually going to turn a profit. Um, Cause I've experienced the same exact thing as you. Like I, I still have something sitting to my right, which is <laughs> off camera that that hasn't sold, but yeah. Yeah. So to answer your first question, this is for anyone really who's interested in just making some extra money. So you can make it more of a full-time gig depending on where you're at now with your, your main focus and your main business. Um, a lot of you know high schoolers can get started on this. If you've got access to a car, ideally, you don't want to be riding your bike 30, 30 miles across town to go to a couple garage sales on a Saturday. Um, so really anyone who's just got some extra time and is maybe trying to dabble in making a couple extra bucks and you can actually be pretty lucrative, then this is for you. If your main focus is already some high producing activity like in real estate or you've got a course or something you're promoting, this may be more of a distraction, uh, but it really depends on where you are. 
And then to answer your second question, I recommend trying to find the item that you're thinking about flipping online. If you can find it on Amazon or eBay, check out some of the reviews, see how popular it is. If it's an everyday item with a barcode, you can easily scan it with one of those apps. See what it's selling for right now. On eBay, if you look at completed sales, you can see how recently these things sell. So you can easily see, oh wow, within the last week, maybe three of them sold, so it's somewhat uh, popular. If you look and there hasn't been a sale in six months, it may be a slow moving item. And this also helps you to price it appropriately so that you're making sure you get it at enough of a discount where you can build in some margins for yourself. And keep in mind that if you ship through channels like eBay, they will take a portion of the profit and you will have to pay for shipping expenses. Definitely, yeah, awesome. Um, I guess kind of got sidetracked there, but I was there definitely interested in bringing that up. Um, so my next yeah. question, it's like when, when you went through this process, obviously you took the leap and it didn't go how you expected, which is what happens to so many people happened to me. Um, and I think like initially hearing that a lot of people may think, well, then if it didn't go as expected, like it's not worth it. Um, but you and me talked about this on our phone call and right. it's such an important thing to address. Like just because it didn't work out the way you wanted it to, like, was it not worth it? It was completely worth it. And I know that you feel the same way. I talked to so many people that are kind of where we're at now in that growth stage. And we feel like our, our connection, Brett, our mutual friend who actually introduced me to you, he got me on the same thinking. And he was saying, man, I feel like I've grown. Uh, I've had 15 years of knowledge in the last year. I forget the exact number he told me. But the growth that I felt since I've taken that leap and the, the empowerment that my life is truly in my own hands and I don't have to settle for the status quo for mediocrity, that has been so enabling for me to just take action in all areas of my life. Mm, I love it, man. And it's, it's so, so true. Like, I don't think I've talked to one single person who's taken that leap and hasn't had like, or has had any form of regret. Like it just, I don't know, to me, it just, if you if you have the courage to do that and you have something that you really want to accomplish, like to me, even if it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, like it pays off in some shape or form. Exactly. And the thing is you have to stick with it long enough to get over that slump. At first there's going to be a slump. There's going to be no traction. I'm not sure how quickly uh, you started gaining traction with your podcast, but for several months I felt like I was talking to an audience of crickets <laughs> and I just kept on posting every single Monday, sharing it. My mom would like the post, like her friend would like the post. <laughs> it was very sad. And then now I actually hit over 19,000 podcast downloads this last month. Um, so it's been very awesome to see the traction from just consistency and whatnot. But, um, you know, don't let people get into your head and don't let, uh, disappointment from failures slow you down because those are lessons they help you learn and grow and succeed definitely yeah and I definitely want you to expand on that because that's another thing I see a lot like people when they are pursuing something that they want like it doesn't immediately work out so they give up or they get discouraged and they move on to something else and you said that's something that you experienced um, so I'd like to just hear a little bit about that and then also kind of what you learned from it and how you were able to shift your focus and kind of zone in on one thing definitely so I think a problem that a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs face is the shiny object syndrome everything sounds good you <laughs> you quit the job you take the leap and then you jump into six different Facebook groups 
like click funnels or entrepreneur groups and then everyone's doing different businesses they're all doing shopify or drop shipping or uh, maybe they're flipping cars or something or wholesaling real estate which is what i'm doing now and it's very easy to get overwhelmed overloaded and distracted with a million different things you build a facebook page for an idea that you have and then you build a sales funnel then you try a facebook ad it doesn't work and your messaging is not consistent I have friends who for the first six months that I was trying to do my entrepreneurial stuff, they weren't really sure what I was even doing. I would just post all kinds of things online, right? Uh, so I came across a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And that book encapsulates so many of the ideas that I've been incorporating, incorporating into my life now, where you really need to just eliminate the mess, eliminate the clutter, and narrow your task list from 15, 20 things that may be distractions to you know just a couple things that are going to move the needle in your life, in your business. And for me, the one thing that I decided to set my sights on was real estate wholesaling. And um, it's been very rewarding. I mean, I think I had mentioned it on the last call, the profit or the wholesale fee on my last deal here was $31,000. And of course, I joined a team because I wanted mentors, so I didn't get to keep that entire portion. But the education there is so key because otherwise, I might have been one of the people who've tried, failed, and said, oh, this business doesn't work. But that check serves as a reminder and as proof that when you surround yourself with the right people and you take the right steps, there's no choice but to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that's the mark I hit or I missed for a long time too. It was just like, I thought I knew everything. Like, again, like I had an awesome product. So when I made it, everyone was just going to come and it was going to blow up. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not surrounded by the right people and you don't really know the ins and outs of what you're doing, like you, just because you're an awesome person doesn't mean you're going to kill it in every aspect of life that like without any effort, you know? Right. You don't just build it and make a couple Facebook ads and then start driving traffic. You I might wish. drive traffic, but getting those conversions and everything, it's just so much to learn. It's all a good experience overall. But like you said, it's not as simple as a lot of people make it out to be. For sure, man. Yeah. So on your website, you also talk a lot about productivity and mindset. And it's awesome because we're kind of in a very similar place with that. Do you mind kind of talking and speaking on productivity a little bit? Because no matter who you are, whether you live or you work in the corporate world or you work for yourself or whatever, like productivity matters. And it's something that like, obviously the digital age, smartphones, like everything is kind of pulling us out from. So do you mind just speaking, like given maybe a few tips or a few of your favorite tips or just talking on the subject of productivity and how people can use it to their advantage? I'd love to. And productivity is one of those things where I feel like we get a little bit better every single day. I'm not claiming to be the most productive person ever. I still get pulled away every time I hear a ding on my phone. So I have to remove those kind of distractions by putting my phone on silent or time blocking. One of the biggest productivity tips that has been impactful for me is time blocking, which is just sitting there and making a list of two or three key things that I want to do today. For example, make an hour of cold calls to leads for real estate. That could be one thing. And I literally set a timer on my phone for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever the time is. And I put the phone on silent. I don't let anything distract me. Mm. I close the windows of Facebook and all that on my browser because if you've got the little thing up and you see the notification pop up saying you've got a new message or a new comment, someone liked your picture, it's going to distract you. And then 
I think Tim Ferriss mentions this in the four hour work week, I believe that once you go down a rabbit hole of getting distracted like that, you're going to click on something else. You're going to find yourself watching three YouTube videos and then half of your time block has been eaten up by distractions. So time blocking is one of the huge things. Another big productivity tip that I do and that I suggest others do is to carry a backpack or a bag with you with a few key things so that no matter where you are or where you end up, you've always got some healthy snacks, some water, maybe a set of Bluetooth headphones. I carry a book with me. So let's say I need to get an oil change or something. If I have to be there and sit there and the wait's an hour, I don't want to just sit there and pick up a magazine and just read aimless, aimlessly. I want to get work done, connect to the Wi-Fi, start emailing people, getting some work done, maybe even just learning something, put on a YouTube video. Instead of watching, they usually got Jerry Springer or something up on there, which you don't want to kill your brain cells watching things like that. You would rather read a book or um, start writing a book if you want to. <laughs> Jump on a Google Docs and start typing out the first paragraph of the, the chapter of how you quit your corporate job to make your dreams come true. I love it, yeah. That's something I've I've never heard actually the backpack thing I, I like that a lot because there are those situations where you unexpectedly or even expectedly get caught in something and yes. you you know for me at least personally and I know a lot of other people like the first the first just instinct is to grab your phone and just social media like whatever browse through Facebook for thirty minutes or whatever yeah. Yeah. And even if it is just like five minutes here, five minutes there, like that adds up a lot. Um, I don't know about you, exactly. but I, I checked out like the, uh, the screen time app on the phone, on the iPhone. I don't know oh, if you've checked so that out. Interesting to see that. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Cause even on the weeks where I'm like, okay, I had a really productive week. Like I cut out phone like a lot. I'll still look at it. It'll be like two hours a day of like aimless stuff. Yeah. I'm like, hold on a second. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. So if, if anyone has an iPhone, I definitely recommend checking that out screen time. Um, and then I'm sure there's something similar on Androids or any other phones. Yeah. And I'm sure they've got some apps as well that you can download that probably track some of the usage of the apps and whatnot. Um, an app that tracks the apps. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's not but bad. <laughs> one other tip that I have, and I mean, I've got Bluetooth headphones. I usually use these when I'm doing my podcast interview, but that's been awesome because even at the gym, I'll be doing ab crunches and I'm literally watching a video. My phone will be on the floor and I'm watching like Ed Milet interview or something and learning instead of having the phone in my pocket or the cables tied up. Um, you're able to be more flexible and I can put it up on a machine when I'm doing the ab spin or whatever. Um, so that's been really game changer for me. Or if I'm having to do some chores, listen to a podcast. Um, very, very awesome to be listening on your downtime. Yeah. It's, I, I've personally never been able to do the gym thing. I've tried, I've tried like podcasts, but I, I just can't get in the zone as much as if I just have music on or even no music at all. Yeah. And it depends on the workout for me too. If I'm just doing cardio and I'm on the treadmill or the elliptical, mm. I can totally do uh, a video or something. Cause at that point I'm just 30 minutes. I'm just trying to burn some fat, lose some calories. If I'm trying to get in the zone and lift heavy or do chest day or something, I might throw on some metal or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. So another question I, I do like just as a workout junkie myself, like I love the idea of your product. I don't know how much you can speak on it, but whatever you want to share, like I, I do want to give you the opportunity to just speak on that. All right. Yeah. Thanks for asking about the product. So 
This was my first product idea that my friend and I had. I actually quit my corporate job when we filed the patent on it, thinking, you know, overly optimistic. Okay, I'm going to quit. We filed the patent. I'm going to get this thing manufactured and we're going to be selling in no time. Of course, fast forward over a year and a half later, we're finally working on uh, getting the production samples out. So I only have a 3D prototype model right now, but essentially, we created a supplement organizer with five compartments. Um, and you can see kind of here, it's got a cool little lid that the lid itself slides down to open. And then you can pop it open and it's actually got protein in here because it's part of the prototype sample that I show around. But the idea is that you can turn the lid and access different compartments throughout the day. And they go all the way down. So once you close the lid, it blocks off the other chambers. And there's five compartments. They're just got Roman numerals here on the prototype. But the idea is that it simplifies your supplements because for all of those people who go and they work out a lot, chances are you probably take some supplements and vitamins. And then you try to figure out how am I going to take all that with me all day? You go to the gym, you work out, you got something else that comes up afterwards. And you realize that you're not going to be able to take that protein shake in that perfect 45 minute window because it's at your home in the pantry. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Love that a lot. As just like a, a former workout junkie and even currently still, um, definitely, definitely a, a big fan of that. I guess just personally, I'm curious. So what type of supplements do you put in there or will you be? So on, honestly, I started taking a couple more supplements cause I had the capacity at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Previously, some of the solutions that I had, you know, plastic bags and whatnot, um, I would just take a scoop of protein, keep it in the shaker bottle all day in which case I would not even be able to use the shaker bottle until I filled it up with water. Mm -hmm. So the pro I usually take protein pre-workout, um, you know, some, maybe some creatine, some branch chain amino acids. Um, and then I'll put some fish oil or some vitamins in one of the compartments. And I'm actually been researching. I've been researching a lot to see what are the optimal supplements to take. Cause I know some people are saying you don't need that much protein. It's bad for your kidneys or whatever. You, your body can't process it maybe getting some plant-based stuff in there as well. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see, how about you? You've probably done some research on the topic as well. Do you have any supplements and stuff that you recommend? Yeah. Um, for like the, the heavy lifters out there, like the ones that are super into either powerlifting or bodybuilding, um, you know, creatine is a big one. There's a company out there who I'm just going to name drop, uh, Steel Supplements, and they, they produce something called ADA. And it puts your body in an anabolic state rather than a catabolic. So you're consistently in that muscle building state throughout the day. And that like, that was a game changer for my performance. Like you, you do not get fatigued in your workout. And like, I used to work out really hard before my shoulder injury. And like, I would just be able to keep going, like going, going, going. <laughs> um, so those are my that two big awesome. ones. Yeah. Of course I had like, you know, the protein powder. That was an easy way to get extra protein in. Um, I was using pre-workout here and there. But the, the ADA was probably the biggest one that I, I got into recently. Good to know. Thank you. I wrote that down. And I do a lot of uh, clean eating and meal prepping and whatnot. And I know that supplements are, it says it in the word, it's supposed to supplement your, your daily nutrition and your food. So I haven't been as good about taking them as I need to. But as soon as I get my production samples ready and I get a final product that's safe plastic and whatnot, then I'll start using it for sure. Yeah, it's... Frequently. It's huge. Like if, of course you shouldn't have, you know, a protein shake for every single meal, but like if, you know, mm -hmm. in between meals, like if you're out traveling and you just need like an, a quick and easy something to fill you up, get some protein in, like 
yeah. it's, it's a no brainer. So I, I'm definitely with you on that. And it's kind of like having a water bottle. If you don't have it with you, you're going to find, oh, I didn't even drink water today. If you've got a bottle with you and you always keep it full, you're going to find that you drink, I don't know, eight to 12 glasses of water a day easily. It's one of those things. Yeah. Awesome, man. So for the people who are interested in checking out more about that product or finding you, connecting with you, uh, what would be the best place to do so? Yeah. So to connect with me, the best website would be chrisbello.com. That's just C-H-R-I-S. B-E-L-L-O, chrisbello.com. And that's where you can find my podcast, my links, my story. And then for this product, it's kind of, I don't promote it as much recently because it's been taking longer than expected to create. But the website is flexthetics.com. If you're interested in checking that out, it's just spelled F-L-E-X-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com. And you can kind of stand by and see when those are production ready so you can order them and then have them shipped out to you hopefully sometime this year soon. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. So we have a segment on the show called my current obsession. And my question is, is there something right now that you are currently weirdly obsessed with? So it could be a book, a podcast, person, place, song, like literally anything right now that you are just kind of weirdly overly obsessed with. I like that. I need to get something like that for my show. (laughs) My current obsession, I would say, And this ties into that thing of being so laser focused and having that one goal and that one thing. My current obsession is real estate wholesaling, which has been my bread and butter lately, the income producing activity. And I've really been diving into it full force, listening to podcasts on it. An example, I used to listen a lot to Bigger Pockets, which is a great generic real estate podcast. But then there's a podcast called Wholesaling Inc., which is just about wholesaling. Mm. It's not talking about acquiring and flipping apartment complexes. It's just talking about real estate wholesaling, residential, single family homes. And that's been my main focus and obsession. I've been driving traffic to it. I've got a domain name of a landing page I created on the back of my car. I'm like fully committed. That's awesome, man. Showing that message wherever I can and trying to get get leads and get deals through the door. Sweet. I love it. And then do you have a final message for the people listening? My final message and a tagline that I have on my podcast is less dreaming, more doing. And I love sharing that message because so many people have huge dreams. I've got a vision board up here that I always look at every morning. I'm sure you've got one somewhere around your place as well. (laughs) It's got to be visible. And I can see so many things on there that I'm working towards and that I know are possible for me to achieve. And... (laughs) Some of my goals here too, I've got a laminated five-year goal sheet. One of them is to have $10 million net worth. And when you're first thinking of numbers like that, it seems so impossible. I'm like, oh, $10 million. Yeah. One day, I've never even seen a check for 10 grand. But then you do something like a wholesale deal where you see a $31,000 check and you're like, hmm, I'm capable of more than I think that I am. And you have to start, it's a paradigm shift for sure. You have to start seeing the person that you want to be until you become that person. So less dreaming, more doing, take action towards your goals and dream big, but also do big. Mm, I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Chris. This has been phenomenal. Thank you, Skylar. It's been great. And I look forward to having you on my show as well. Looking forward to it, man.